sometimes science, you name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And then I'm Star Wars, the Bad Batch, Season 1 Nerd Out! I am your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amanda Morian! Hey! Star Wars, the Bad Batch. The Wild, yet elusive Jessica! Hello! The Rambunctious Bob! Hello! And Burn, Brady Burn! Hola! <laughs> hey, thanks so much for joining us. Obviously, we're talking... Star Wars The Bad Batch a little later, but we're also going to be talking a whole lot more to include Tom Hardy wants a Venom and Spider-Man crossover film, obviously, as he should. Michael Keaton is talking his return as Batman, saying it feels shockingly normal. Netflix has announced their cast for the live-action Avatar The Last Airbender series and a whole lot more, so make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say. Plus 10 Nerd XP tier. Nerd XP. Nerd XP. <laughs> we love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning some Nerd XP. Nerd XP. <laughs> But in the meantime, I think there may be an audio delay with Jekka this evening. <laughs> yeah. No! yeah, it's like a three second delay. Oh, that's man. okay. That's okay. Anyways, I, I think Jekka's using Internet Explorer. Yeah, well, well, Jekka, Jekka, what's nerdy with you? Why are we having the internet issues tonight? What do you think's going on? Um, so I moved out to California for grad school <laughs> and as a re- like my aunt and uncle, they're, they live in a very remote area, even in a remote area of California. So the internet is spotty. So I love it though. I like being in remote areas, but this is going to make life very interesting. Just for now. But, but Just where for now, you? yeah, where it may you? be some, um, so I'm in, um, Right now I'm in Fortuna, yeah. California, because I'm going to school at Humboldt State University. So, yeah, fun times. Going to grad school. Ah, well, congrats. That was a long drive. It was like, very like 14 long. 14-hour drive. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bob, what's nerdy with you? Um, last week I got back from DEF CON, the hacking convention that I mentioned a while Hacking convention? Yes. Okay, what was the coolest thing you did at at this hacking convention? Oh, um, uh, capture the packet. I captured, uh, plain text password and was able to get into a database. Whoa. That's pretty cool. No, that was the other thing I did. But I did find a plain text password. I didn't get into a database, so um, attended a bunch of talks. Uh, some of the stuff would scare you. If any of our listeners have a chance, go watch some DEFCON talks on YouTube. It it will make you realize exactly how insecure your stuff is. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, uh. <laughs> Dude, we want to sleep tonight. <clears throat> Jeez. All right. Brady, what's nerdy with you, man? Well, nothing as cool as DEF CON. I'll tell you that. That would be great, man. I would love to go out to that. I didn't really do anything nerdy this past week. I did binge the uh, entire subject of our show this evening over the past two and a half days. Okay. So I, I binged all that. And then, uh, you know, I, I've been working on some uh, small electronics projects. So I went through and kind of reorganized my office to uh, – to um accommodate that yeah so but yeah that's really it all right amanda what's nerdy with you so i have been desperately wanting to see free guy yes me too for months no no like like a year yeah like a year <laughs> pretty much because it got delayed um yeah and it kept getting delayed and so it finally gets released and they're releasing it only in theaters and i'm sick and she's sick can't go to the theater and I'm just severely disappointed right well, now. You'll be happy. Apparently, they're thinking about maybe doing a sequel. Yeah. Because it did well enough in the well, theater. Well, 
I do have my kids staring daggers at me every time I talk about going and seeing it because they're like, you're going to see it with us. Well, extra chores gets extra favors. <laughs> they are listening. And I know. Me, like the evil it's, eye. Yeah, well, I'm just hoping we get the dishes done. Anyways, we got a whole lot to talk about, so let's hit up that nerd news. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Ooh. All right, what's the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, Tom Hardy is talking the possibility of a Spider-Man and Venom crossover <laughs> film when Sony nice. Pictures went ahead and made a Venom movie without the involvement of Spider-Man. It obviously left fans wondering, would there ever be any kind of crossover? But... We still just don't know what the Marvel and Sony plans are for these characters beyond the upcoming Spider-Man No Way Home and Venom Let There Be Carnage. But that doesn't let Tom Hardy stop himself from speaking about what he wants to see in a Venom and Spider-Man crossover. And in a recent interview with Esquire, Tom Hardy had the following to say, quote, I would be remiss if I wasn't trying to steer any kind of connectivity. I wouldn't be doing the job if I wasn't awake and open to any opportunity or eventuality or be excited by that. Obviously, there's a large canon to leap, a canyon to leap, to be bridged by one person alone, and it would take a much higher level of diplomacy and intelligence sitting down and talking to take on an arena such as that. Should both sides be willing and it be beneficial to both sides? I don't see why it couldn't be. I hope and strongly, with both hands, push eagerly towards that potential and would do anything to make that happen within what's right in business. But it would be foolish not to head towards the Olympic Games if you're running uh, 100 meters. So, yeah, I want to play on that field, end quote. So having said all of that, Sony Pictures has announced, unfortunately, that they're going to be pushing the release date of Venom, Let There Be Carnage back no! again. No! The movie was supposed to be released on September 24th, but it's now going to be pushed back to October 15th. Obviously, the movie was already delayed several times due to the pandemic, and now with the Delta... The pandemic? Oh, <laughs> it's a pandemic. Pandemic, excuse me. Anyways, the Delta variant... Of COVID-19, putting people back in a state of fear, the studio has decided to delay the movie. It's explained that the surge has led to a decline in consumer confidence in returning to the movies. According to a recent survey conducted by the National Research Group, 67% of moviegoers say they're very or somewhat comfortable visiting their local theater. But that's a dip of 3% compared to last week, and that's down 14% from a month ago. So we'll see... We'll see if we're going to get a Spider-Man Venom crossover film because we first got to see the the sequel to Venom. Anyways, but right now we're going to wait even longer. Well, we just know there needs to be carnage. Um. (laughs) They they might as well replace it with let there be COVID. So hopefully we'll, we'll see Delta variant go into decline soon so we can get back to life as normal. But until then, I'm very disappointed that um, Let There Be Carnage has been delayed. But with him talking and putting out there about a Spider-Man Venom movie, maybe he can get Tom Holland in with him. Because Tom Holland seems to be able to make things happen. Yeah, really. (laughs) So let's get Tom Holland on board with this. Yeah, I read. I read an interview. Um, they took part of the, I, 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 part of this interview. Part of this quote was in there, but yeah, he's already really pleased. And it's, it seems like the studio is really pleased with the outcome of Venom Two. So yeah, that's why he's already forward thinking about you know what to do next. Um, so I think that would be awesome. I'm. I don't know. I'm excited about Venom Two, but just to hear him talk so. Uh, optimistically about the, the future direction is, is great. It's got to be an eventuality, not not a probability. It's an eventuality. Sony and Marvel have already been teaming up. They're going to be making a whole lot of money. It's, it's got to it's, it's be something that they're actively working towards. 
Wars. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Indeed. All right, moving on. Check this out. Michael Keaton is talking his return as Batman in DC's The Flash, saying it feels shockingly normal. So one of the most exciting things about the DC's Flash movie is that Michael Keaton is set to reprise his role as Batman in the movie. That alone is one of the reasons you should get excited for this movie. But if that's not enough, this movie is going to break open the DC multiverse, and the director has previously teased, quote, all that you've seen exists. And the Flash will break the bonds of physics to crash into various parallel dimensions where he'll encounter slightly different versions of DC's classic heroes. And that is where Michael Keaton's version of Batman comes into the story. So talking about his, uh, so talking about this, Michael Keaton recently sat down with an interview with Good Day Chicago's Jake Hamilton. And during that interview, Keaton opened up about returning to the role and putting on his Batman costume. So we got a couple different clips. So we'll listen to the first one and we'll jump into the second one. But yeah, a lot of exciting stuff. Here we go. Certain something in a, in a movie, like a lot of times in Europe, well, here too, but you're like multiplicity. You know, I like, love multiplicity. Yeah, I love multiplicity too. I loved it. Um, I loved making it. It was really hard to make. Like, the, try to make that, you know, I mean, I just did The Flash and there's a similarity in how, um, I don't want to give too much away, but how he has to play against himself and with himself. And uh, we were talking about the difficulty of making multiplicity and the challenge. Anyway, so yeah, it, it kind of varies and it kind of, it kind of depends on where and, 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 you know. Interesting, Michael Keaton versus Batfleck. All right, here comes the second one. <laughs> depends. That's fantastic. Oh my God, it's, I, so many movies I could talk to you about. Uh, you did mention um, uh, The Flash. So before I swap over to Worth, I do want to talk to you about that because I never thought I'd ever get to ask you about returning to the role of Bruce Wayne and Batman. And I was curious, when you put that suit back on, when you put the cowl back on after 30 years, what's going through your head and what sort of memories does it bring up when you put it back on? It was <laughs> shockingly normal. It was weird. And like I went... Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Um, but also, as you, then you start to play the scenes, it was um, like a lot of memories, a lot of a lot of memories, a lot of really interesting, like sense memories, actually. It's like fun. muscle memory? Huh? Is it yeah, like a yeah. muscle memory? Yeah, actually. Have you Weird said the words that. "I'm Batman" yet? I can't. I can't. I can't hear you. We're having a. We're having a. Uh... <laughs> An IFB issue. <laughs> I hate when that happens. I hate when that happens. Have you spoken to to Mr. Burton? Uh, no, no. But n just because we haven't, because we got other stuff to talk about. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> As we wrap up, you know, when, whether you look at what you're doing, or there we go. All right. So the Flash is set to hit theaters November fourth, twenty twenty two. Well, it's gonna it's gonna be shockingly normal to see him as Batman. <laughs> I think that, yeah, no, I, I, you know, hearing him talk about this just further whets the appetite to see this movie as when it comes out and, uh, November will be here pretty quick. Um, so yeah, it's good to hear him talk about it and just kind of fall back into that role. Cause he was kind of made for it. I think that I just finished all of the, uh, Batman begins dark Knight, dark Knight rises. Oh. I just, I just finished. I did watch all those last week. I guess that's kind of nerdy with me. I watched all those, um, over the past week. Um, and it was, uh, you know, they're good, but there's nothing like what Keaton brought to Batman. And I'm really excited to see him come back into that role. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Jekka, what do you think of, uh, Michael Keaton coming back as Batman? I'm excited for it. I mean, I still need to go back and rewatch Batman, but yeah. like because it's been so long since I've seen it. But yeah, I am. I I would like. I I mean, I like the Flash, and I think this is awesome if they're gonna explore the DC multiverse and bring in different Batmans. I think that's cool. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Indeed, indeed. All right, moving on. Idris Elba. Yeah, I got it right. <laughs> you had to do that. <laughs> had to do that slowly. Anyways, Idris Elba has been cast 
as Knuckles in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. That's right. Idris Elba, who's just in the Suicide Squad, has announced that he will be providing the voice of Knuckles in Paramount Pictures' Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So Knuckles, if you don't know, is the red anthropomorphic short-beaked... I can say it. What, what is that word? Yeah. Who is determined and serious, but sometimes uh, gullible. He's also a hothead and a powerful fighter with spiked hands. So Idris Elba confirmed his casting by posting a photo of Knuckles' spiked hand on his Instagram page saying, quote, knock, knock, Sonic Movie 2, or hashtag Sonic Movie 2, hashtag Knuckles, end quote. So Jeff Fowler is returning to direct the sequel, and Elba will join the returning class that includes, includes James uh, Marsden, Ben Schwartz, Tika Sumter, Natasha Rothwell, Adam Pelly, uh, Shemar Moore, and Jim Carrey. So the film is set to be released in theaters on April 8, 2022. <laughs> so I think last time, because we were talking about the Suicide Squad, I mentioned how much I like Idris Elba. So this just makes me even more happy and excited that we have another movie with Idris Elba and he's going to be in Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and he's playing an echidna. And I'm just like, yay, life is great. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Indeed. Yeah, no, I uh, I really like that first movie. It was like shockingly fun. <laughs> like, Lord, yeah, no, I, I ended up going out and buying it. I really well, liked yeah, it. and we did too. Um, our biggest regret about seeing it was not seeing it with our kids for the first yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, we'll bring the kids to this one for sure. That'll be fun. Mm -hmm. After Arwen watches the Star Wars movie. Good luck with that. Anyways, moving on. One of DC's biggest film producers says there will probably be another Justice League film in a few years. That's right. A lot of DC fans have been wondering if we ever might see another Justice League movie one day. There's a, obviously, there was a lot of drama surrounding the first film, and there are now two versions of it, but it's been made clear that Warner Brothers does not recognize Zack Snyder's cut as being canon, so we shouldn't expect a direct sequel to that version of the film unless they get smart about it. But anyways, during a recent interview, DC film producer Charles Roven shared some details about his DC movie deal and how he thinks there will be another Justice League movie. He shared the following with The Hollywood Reporter, quote, So he worked out an arrangement that I or myself and my team would try to manage a different number of DC movies, whether they were sequels or prequels or had some of the same characters involving anything that had to do with things that branched off of Man of Steel so if it was a Superman movie that involved Henry Cavill, I would be involved, at least for a couple more. If it was a Batman-involved product like Batman vs. Superman or Justice League, I would be involved in those. Suicide Squad, I would be involved in those, up until a certain amount. And that is kind of where we are. But I still have an affiliation with uh, some more Suicide Squads, which I'm thrilled about. I hope James will, when he's got some time, come back and see if he's going to do another one of these because he did such an amazing job. I would definitely be a part of that and probably another Justice League, although I think that's a number of years away, end quote. So this is kind of the first word we've heard at all about another Justice League coming down the road. And though this isn't like 100% confirmation by the studio, just the fact that one of DC's biggest producers is saying that we'll probably have another Justice League and he'll be working on it, and, we'll, and it'll be out in a few years. Uh, to, for me, that's like almost as good as we're going to get from a confirmation from the studio. At least it's in the early talks from it. But I don't know. Bob, what do you think of this? I'm hesitant. Um, Justice League was a pretty de divisive movie. There are some people, I shall not name names, who thought it me. was absolute <laughs> trash garbage. Me. Yeah, yeah, go back to that podcast. Go back to that podcast. That's the only podcast where I get mad while <laughs> while recording it. The only one, huh? <laughs> so well, that one I was actually mad. So um, I had I had to cool then, down. Like I was, yeah. <laughs> and then there's people like Austin and me who actually enjoyed the film. Um, 
I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed Zack Snyder's cut way more than I oh, enjoyed yeah. the other one. However, um, if they don't, if they change the tone, it's going to end up being an Age of Ultron. If they change the tone too much, if they try and control it too much. So one of the things that I've been seeing online more is people aren't calling it the DCEU anymore. They're calling it the DC multiverse. Uh, I've heard of that too. And so I think if we're looking at it that way, we could have tons of different types of justice leagues. And I think that's what they're going towards which is a multiverse instead of an expanded universe. And I think that can really make it a lot more interesting. Hey, well, all I got to say is uh, Dark Side was awesome. Prepare the armadas. We will use the old ways. Oh, oh, oh that was so awesome. So awesome. All right, moving on. Actor Stephen Lang has read the final script for James Cameron's Avatar franchise and says it's a beautiful, beautiful story. So James Cameron has been hard at work developing his next slate of Avatar films. There are four total sequels coming, and actor Stephen Lang, who played the villain Colonel Miles Quartrich in the first film, recently talked about the script for the final sequel film in the franchise in an interview with Collider saying, quote, when I first... Uh, When I finished that last script, I was weeping. I just thought it was so beautiful. Yeah, the final script from James Cameron is telling a great, great story, an original story, a beautiful, beautiful story, and I was just incredibly moved by it. I hope and I trust and believe that audiences will be too because one of the things that he does really, really well is James moves it from the page to the stage in a way that is very literal. You know what I mean? You really see it. You What you read is what you get from him and more, end quote. Uh, producer John Landau has previously talked about the upcoming sequel teasing, quote, this is the story of the Sully family and what one does to keep their family together. Jake and whatever that name is, Nayeti? Yes, all right, thanks, not just me. Anyways, Jake and that one blue girl. I just don't pay attention to Avatar. Have. Dances with Smurfs. Anyways, they're having a family in this movie. They are forced to leave their home. They go out and explore different regions of Pandora, including uh, spending quite a bit of time on the water, around the water, and in the water, end quote. James Cameron's Avatar 2 will be released in theaters December 16th, 2022, and then three more sequels will follow being released every, uh, every other year until 2028. Woo. I feel like it's land before time. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I speak for everyone when I say, oh yeah, Avatar. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> um, I mean, Avatar was groundbreaking and it was good when it came out. I mean, it was, it was candy, right? There wasn't, it was just, it, it was a big epic fun with the family kind of movie. Um, it was so I mean, original we could compare it to a lot of other movies. Exactly. Yeah, it was it, there was some repackaging there. But I mean, uh, I mean it is what it is, right? Do do I think it warrants a sequel? No. But <laughs> you, know, you know, maybe it'll be great. Who knows? He's got a lot uh, of money. He has uh he has a habit of making blockbusters, not necessarily uh, consumable for everyone, but they tend to make a lot of money. So, well, it, you know, I've, the what? first Avatar movie made way too much money for studios nowadays to not make another. Why, why but does, it's why like does... 40 years old. You think they'd have done it by now? It's not 40 years old. <laughs> I know, but it might as well be with all the stuff that's come out since then. Why Your can't... point is valid. Why can't <laughs> James Cameron make the sequels to the film franchises we want? Why does he got to make like five Avatar films? When he only made like two Terminator films, come on. <laughs> he, he doesn't care. look. He and I don't say this with any sort of malice, but he he generally doesn't he, he doesn't have to care about you or me. I mean, uh, the dude bought a submarine and went to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Yeah. I mean, because he wanted to. He can make what he wants, and that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm okay with that. He's earned I, it. 
I'm just going to point out, Brady, did you count how many Terminator movies Austin said? Two. No. Two. Is it two? two. He's, he's, only made, he's only made two Terminator movies. All the other sequels kind of don't count. They, they don't he, didn't count. Make, he, didn't, he didn't make those. So he, he just My like, son makes up the rules when he plays games, too. <laughs> I'm moving on. Netflix has announced Netflix has announced the cast for the live action Avatar The Last Airbender series. That's right. Netflix has announced the main cast for its upcoming live action Avatar The Last Airbender series. Gordon Cormier, Kiowetio, Kiowetio, Ian Osley, Osley, and Dallas Liu. Liu. Yes. <laughs> They've been cast as series regulars. In fact, Gordon Cormier will be playing Aang. He's 12 years old. Aang is obviously the fearless, fun-loving 12-year-old who just happens to be the Avatar, master of all four elements and gatekeeper uh, that balances and uh, peace in the world. Uh, we have Kaya Wito, who will play Katara. She a, looks way too old for Aang. She's 14 she years old. Oh, Anyway, she if you don't know who Katara is, she's the determined and hopeful waterbender that's the last in her small village. Though only 14, she's already uh, endured great personal tragedy, which has held her back from rising to her true potential. Uh, uh, Ian Osley is playing Sokka, uh, Katara's uh, resourceful 16-year-old brother. He's obviously the outwardly confident, even brash, he takes his responsibility as the leader of the tribe seriously, uh, despite his inner doubts over his warrior skills. And then we have Dallas Liu, who is uh, Zuko, the, the skilled firebender and intense uh, guarded crown prince of the Fire Nation. So we've got a, a link to the picture of all the actors, so that way you can actually see them. So if you're an Avatar The Last Airbender fan, Jekka, what, what do you think? Can you see these characters being I, the uh, live action versions? Yeah, I can. Like, they are good picks. And at least, you know, looking at them, they match like the original cartoon. I'm still very skeptical about this whole thing. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> wait, you're going to redo it? Or are they doing something different? I'm just like, that live action, the one that. M. Night Shyamalan did that we never talk about. Yeah. I, it's, I'm it very skeptical exist. about this whole thing, you know? So, so it's one of those things like, big, although like it, my curiosity is enough that I want to, I will watch it <laughs> or at least like start it because my curiosity is such that I want to see how it does. But if it does not match, like I have high expectations and if it doesn't match those, it's gone. <laughs> So here's my worry is so the 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 romance between Anakin Skywalker and Padme was made so awkward because of the look of their age difference during episode one. And I look at the actor for Aang and the actress for Katara, and that just makes that romance but, awkward. But in reality, yes. they're closer in age than uh, Anakin and Padme were in the uh, episode one. Like they're like they're only two years apart. It's just that okay. Gordon, who plays Aang, he looks like he's six years old though. Well, no, are those the actresses the, the actual actors' ages? Yes. Or, okay. Yeah. So they're only actually two years apart, but but it looks so awkward. Yeah, I mean, it's just I mean he he's twelve years old, but he. He's a very, very young looking 12 years old. <laughs> I will say this out of all the actors, I think Ian, who's going to play Sokka, I think he looks the most perfect for the role. Like, he, he looks like what I think Sokka I don't know. Like. You well, shame I think the Dallas actor you, for you. Head. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Like, you shave um, Gordon Cormier's head, yeah. and he would look, yeah, I could see that. I think uh, I can see all of them except for Kiawentio. I mean, yeah. you know, just just looking like obviously the the picture of her is very kind of more casual. I mean, maybe she would pulls off Katara, but the other ones, yeah, they I feel like yeah, they they look well, the most like them. 
we weren't in the auditions, so it's true. Let's yeah. just hope for the best. All right, moving on. Star Wars Rebels, Sabine Wren is pretty much confirmed to be coming to the live action Ahsoka series. What? So sources have conf- sources have confirmed to IGN that Lucasfilm is currently looking for an actress to play a live action version of Star Wars Rebels Sabine Wren in the upcoming Star Wars Ahsoka series. Uh, this was also reported by The Hollywood Reporter, who published an article discussing animated characters who have made the jump to the live action uh, scene. And they said that Rosario Dawson is leading a live action Ahsoka spinoff for Disney Plus, with sources saying Lucasfilm is looking for an actress to star opposite Dawson as Mandalorian warrior Sabine Wren, end quote. So for those unfamiliar with the character, Sabine Wren is a human female Mandalorian warrior who is one of the main characters of Star Wars Rebels. And without spoiling too much, the end of Rebels saw Ahsoka and Sabine together, which makes total sense that her character would be in the live action series as well. And as far as which actresses are up for the role, well, that's still a mystery which only time will tell. So in the meantime, I guess, I don't know, who do you guys think should play Sabine Wren? Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to say, if you don't know who Sabine is, just go watch all of Rebels. Pause this right now and go watch Rebels if you don't know who she is, because you should you should know who she is coming into the Ahsoka series, because it's going to give you so much information. And if you haven't seen it, you should see it anyway, because it gives the dark saber and everything. Um, I'm excited to see Sabine Wren live action, just as I was excited to see Ahsoka. Um, I'm just excited for the whole series, and hopefully they kind of continue the story from Rebels on in the Ahsoka series. So that's my hope there. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I mean, who, who, I mean, who do you think is going to the actress, though? Um, okay, so picking out of a random hat for Hollywood, can I come up with some, like, name generator? Like, generate a random name, and then if it comes true, that would be hilarious. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of... I know, I'm, like, spacing on names. It's one of those things I'm like, if someone threw out some names that they're like, oh, I think Lucy this would be Lou. a good fit, I'd be like, ooh, yeah. Um, Lucy yeah, Lou. Way too old. No. She's like she's like uh, Rosario Dawson's age. Yeah, but Sabine Wren is like twenty years at least oh, younger than that's right. Rosario Dawson. That's right. She is a lot, a lot younger. Who plays uh, Who plays the actress in um, in uh, the Mandalorian that's hanging out with Boba Fett? I oh um. What's her name? Ming Na Wen. Is Michelle Yao? Ming Na Wen. No, Fennec Shan. Yes, Fennec Shan. Priyanka. Um, she'd be fun. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I guess time will tell. But in the meantime, yeah. it's time to talk some the bad bat. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. Hey, the bell means it is time for our main event! Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 1 Nerd Out! Some moments echo throughout the galaxy. Execute Order 66. Wars rage. Empires rise. The Republic will be reorganized into the first galactic empire. But this is the journey of an unlikely few. Meet the Bad Batch. You ready for this? Hunter, the leader, in and out, quickly and quietly. Wrecker, the brawler. I'm missing all the action! Tech, the specialist. This is not a standard military operation. 
Echo, the hacker. This great plan of yours is looking really lousy about now. And Crosshair, the marksman. Go away. Altered by genetic mutations, a ragtag band of clones struggles for survival. And their choices will determine their fate in a dangerous new galaxy. The trailer somehow messed up. Anyways, hey, special shout out to all you super nerds who have hit that podcast subscribe button. We really, really appreciate you. Please help us get the word out. Tell a friend about the podcast. And I want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button if you've not done so already. Come on, do it. You'll get plus 10 nerd XP. Nerd XP. Anyways, all right. Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 1. It's It has been announced that there will be a Season 2. And uh, I don't know what what what'd you guys think of the series overall. I I uh, I liked it, but it was not on par with uh, Clone Wars, especially and and even Star Wars Rebels. They did really well, I think, up until the end. Really? What about the end? Did you not care for? Or, all right, we're spoiler land, right? Hold on. Oh, well, yes. Okay, we're entering spoiler land now? Yes, spoilers. Might as well. So the, the the problem I had with the ending was crosshair. Why? Okay. Uh, so they they make it out that it's not his fault. Like, they're, they want to save him. And... They, they go and they are talking to him. They're like, it's your inhibitor chip. And he's like, I've already removed my inhibitor chip. And that makes no sense whatsoever. And instead of letting them take it out and him and, and seeing that, they're just like, yeah, we're just not going to give you any of that character development whatsoever. And just believe us. That, that I don't know if I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, like what? What about that? You not like? I think it's actually kind of interesting that a clone is choosing for himself that he wants okay. to be a part of the empire as opposed no, to having. No, I'm, a chip I'm with clone. Amanda so, on this. I'm with Amanda on so that because that didn't sit well with me. He, he somehow knew to remove it. That someone told him, "Oh, we've been messing with your brain through this inhibitor chip." You can remove it if you want. That doesn't sound well, like the Empire at all in any way, shape, or form. I don't think he. Re- I think he removed it before Order sixty six even happened. But then, why would they be able to mess with it at the beginning of the season? See, I the like only they part dialed is- his inhibitor chip like up to one hundred. Jacob, what are you going to say? Yeah. So, because in the beginning, that's what they did: is they he had his inhibitor chip still, and they ramped it up. But then he says he removed it. Like, to me, the only logical place where he could have potentially had it removed is when they were in that shipwreck yard and he got, like, severely burned and bashed around. I'm like, that seems the likely place it could have gotten removed, but there was no indication it got removed. Like, nothing. We saw nothing like that. And then they dropped that, like, oh, he had it already removed, and he's still choosing the Empire. So I'm with Amanda on this, because that and, didn't add up. And if he was choosing the Empire as well, why would he remove it? Because the Empire gave it to him. It doesn't make, it doesn't add up in any way. Yeah. They did I mean, not I give like us any idea. character development to justify that. Yeah, but I yes, like I do the like idea. The idea too. Sorry, uh, sorry. Um, I like the idea that Crosshairs is choosing the Empire, it's just the way they came to that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Okay, so it's continuity. It's story continuity. It's not yes. it's not necessarily the element yeah. that that this this is happening. It's just how they how they brought it in. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I, I can I can understand that. To me, um that doesn't I don't put a lot of weight with it. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I, I can understand how you might wonder why he did that or why it was allowed. 
But I think the fact that it has been removed and he is making these deliberate decisions for his behavior uh, is a good story element. That's that's my that's my two cents. Well, all I'm going to say is if they had included it earlier in the storyline instead of some of the other filler episodes, that would have made the series a lot more interesting. Yeah, I I think I think my issue is the they had too many filler episodes. Like they could have probably cut this season down by like four episodes. and, and, and they could have told the story that they wanted to tell in the season one. In my mind's eye, we get we get there's certain questions that we have pretty much from the first episode. One, who is Omega? Why is she special? Why did they make her? We got through a whole entire season and we don't have an answer for that. You know, are they going to answer that in season two? Are they going to do something with that? Well, we kind of do. We kind of oh, really? know what's going on with her. I mean, we know she was first, right? We no, know she that was. she and no, she was she was made first. She was made first. Her and Boba are of the same genetic material. But she's, but but Boba's alpha. She's supposed to be Omega, the last. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> right, well, maybe I, I'm I understand. Wrong. I'm thinking... If you're reading into the names, yeah, but she was she was created before. Um these clones so well yeah so is she, okay i get yeah i guess you're right so she can't be the last but, but let me ask this so is she an unmodified genetic clone like yes. boba is then yes. who's growing she'd up she's obviously that modified what was that bob she'd have to be modified yeah yeah and, and they directly female. say she's modified well okay uh, but yeah she's female she's modified but but did, was she not given the growth no, stimulators the or growth something yeah that's Can why she's considered of a, a but, more pure okay. bloodline. All right, fine. So why is she special? Like, why was she something that was hidden from the Empire and that Lama Su did not want, you know, others to really know about? Because uh, she was made in that secret under underwater facility. <clears throat> you know, like, like why? You know what I mean? Season two. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You okay. need something All for right. season let me, two. <laughs> let me tell. Let me tell you this. Okay. All right. Mm. Okay. Whew. I gotta calm down for a second. <laughs> All season long, I've been running through my head what what the bad badge should be, and I hope it maybe it turns into now that there's gonna be multiple seasons. It should have been like a a the the whole story starts with Order sixty six and betraying. Those that, you know, that, that fought beside you, they're they portraying the Jedi. And this whole, I, from my opinion, my opinion, the whole entire story should be, you know, clones coming to grips with, with being dishonorable in that way. And the clones, especially the Bad Batch, they, uh, they somehow save a bunch of clones. They turn them away from the Empire. And, and, and at that point, we've got like maybe, Maybe a, a battalion of clone troopers who who have their inhibitor chips removed that want to f- still fight with uh, Jedi, and they're going around trying to find and rescue Jedi from Order sixty six. And then there's a last stand in which in which you know maybe Vader and a bunch of stormtroopers, you know, like a whole like legion, a fleet, like a, a, like just a gigantic amount, and we have like a, a Spartan three hundred scene of a bunch of loyal Jedi clone troopers versus Vader and stormtroopers. And then the clone troopers get wiped out. Like, I think, like, I think we need to see the end of the clone troopers through the bad batch story arc. But, but, but we got this thing where we got a bunch of bad batch people that are turning into like mercenaries and you know, they're not really doing much of anything. Honestly, the, the best thing that I thought happened in the entire series was episode one in which they showed the the clones kind of disobeying Order sixty six, and then the very last episode where they uh, annihilate Camino, and that because that that is some big juicy things, plot points, and everything in between was kind of like filler for me. And, uh, and I'm just sitting there waiting, going, "Come on, get to the meat of the cool story!" Like there's so much potential here. Like, why are we not? Why are we not tapping into the potential? Why are we just doing like one random side mission after side mission, episode after episode? Ugh. 
All right, that's my rant. But, you know, the the Mandalorian was really the same way. I mean, there was a yep. lot of filler episodes with Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of filler episodes with the Mandalorian, too. They got to they gotta draw them in. And I think that, you know, these filler episodes, they may appear to be that, but they may also come back and be significant later in the story arc. Like this whole Sid character, right? There may be something that ties back to Sid or, or, or whatever. Or the guy, the one-horned guy, I forget his name. Well, he was two-horned. Um, but, you know, there may be ties back to those. And maybe at this point I'm reading too much into it. But um, those filler episodes could prove to be significant later on in the uh, in the saga. I also Which- felt like this first season was kind of like they're – like it was setting the stage kind of thing. Like it felt a lot like the Clone Wars and Rebels first season, where it's kind of like introducing some people, but like in the in a way they were still trying to figure out where they're going with it, which I don't think is anything wrong with it. Yeah. Um, I did like some of the avenues they started to explore. Like there was that episode where they're sent to the planet that used to be a separatist but they're seeking help from them and they're kind of torn between like, we're trying to help the separatists. We're going to rescue a separatist. And like, they're kind of conflicted by that, but then they realize like, Oh no, like these people actually don't like the empire kind of thing. Like I, I really liked that episode. Um, it was the episode right before they introduced Harrison Dula, who if you haven't, again, going back to what Amanda said about um, our new new nerd news, if you haven't seen star Wars rebels, the two-part episode with Harrison Dula and her family won't make as much sense (laughs) kind of thing because Hera is a very key character in Star Wars Rebels. So, but yeah, that episode before that where they're on that planet with that was a separatist planet and they're starting to rebel against the Empire and so the Bad Batch goes in to get out the governor. I really liked that episode. I thought that episode was really good. And kind yeah. of showing like them having to realize, yes, the Clone Wars is over. This is a new age, a new era, and they have a new like they don't realize the Empire's a new enemy, but that's kind of well, they start realizing it at that point that something's up with the Empire and it's not so I, as good as they thought it was. So I, I do like kind of what you're saying. That was a lot of what they were showing was the fall of the Republic, the rise of the Empire, and its effects it had on different planets yeah my problem is it also felt like they were about to start um they kind of had a soft pilot for a pre-rebels tv show i don't know if you got that feeling too yeah when they brought in hair i mean i was excited to see i I, oh i'm kind of a sucker for like (laughs) connections and seeing like Mm -hmm. prequels kind of tie into what's going to be happening in the future so I really liked that. But yeah, it kind of did seem like a little soft setup for Rebels in a way. I mean, I still enjoyed it overall, but well, I, it took me a while to kind of like, be like, okay, just, yeah. It took me a while just to be like, oh, this it, is just kind of like first season kind of thing. Yeah. Now, in in the timeline, does this fall before Rebels? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it does. Okay. Yeah. Because I have not watched all of Rebels or Clone Wars. Ooh. Uh, mm, uh, mm. Clone Shame Wars, man. On you. Yeah, this this literally I, no, picked up where Clone Wars season seven stops. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was cool in the first episode where they they start off the episode exactly like Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and I thought that maybe they would keep doing that with the uh, voiceover, but it was not the case, and it moves right into uh, the Bad Batch specific opening. Mm-hmm. So, so check this out. All right, so you know that mountain at the end of of uh, the final episode. Yeah. Yes. So apparently, and it's confirmed on StarWars.com that that is Mount Tantis, which is a huge, uh, you know, heir to the Empire. Uh, you know, mountain that that's in uh, Timothy Zahn's *Air to the Empire*. 
Yeah, and, and that's like one of the, the many secret storehouses of technology and Sith artifacts and all that stuff. And, you know, where uh, the dark Jedi Joris Kaboth was basically cloned at. And so the fact that they're bringing this in, uh, I mean, that, that's a, a real important location in the, in the Heir to the Empire book series. And I'm wondering, and, and everybody's wondering on the internet, like, is is are, are they going the heir to the empire story route? I mean, they brought Th- they've got Thrawn, uh, but he, you know he's mi- he's missing somewhere maybe. But but I don't know. It's- you know, if next season for Bad Batch, like they build up Thrawn in the Bad Batch, that could be really cool. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Well, See, the timeline. There is a trilogy would... of Thrawn's origins that came out. I, I recently read it like a couple months ago, and it's really good. It explains how Thrawn joined the Empire and how he ascended to Grand Admiral. And a couple, like, if, like that's the first book. And then the second book is like um, him and Darth Vader doing a mission together. And then the third book is pretty much um, him versus Director Krennic for his um, TIE Defender program versus the Star Destroyer program. So I wonder if, like, but I, I, like, I honestly thought in this first season that they would, like, maybe the Bad Batch would run into Thrawn, like, on one of their runs so, for Sid. Maybe, so I'm still holding out for that. <laughs> maybe the next season we see Thrawn brought in and Thrawn becomes the adversary for the Bad Batch. And then season three, he utterly destroys them and becomes Grand Admiral. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know where Thrawn is at this point in time. I mean, I mean, Jackie, you you read the books. I mean, was was Thrawn involved in the Clone Wars? Not. Um, there is, and that's like the second book kind of covers that because, um. Major spoiler alert for those book series, but like in the second book where Thrawn and Darth Vader team up for a mission, it's actually Thrawn had met Anakin previously and they had done a mission together in the same area. So like he wasn't directly involved in the Clone Wars, but he did like Mm. meet Anakin and Padme because the Clone Wars kind of brought them to a planet and Thrawn was sent there by his people. So they like teamed up temporarily but he wasn't like fighting in the clone wars he was still with his own people doing their own thing so So that's why i'm like i wonder if like the bad bad story encounter him well but they can take whatever they want from that story and throw it haphazardly into the bad batch however they want it's true yeah they very well can yeah like i i can really do i really can see them like right now with the empire still building up the bad batch encountering thrawn like I really can't see that. Season Not two? necessarily in Clone Wars, but yeah, I would, I'd be excited about that. So, 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 what do we think season two is going to be? Just that then, Bad Batch running into Thrawn. <laughs> they really developed Thrawn's character in the Bad Batch. That could be awesome. That would be so cool. I mean, I can um, see Disney doing that. They, they want, they want I yeah. feel like it'll explore crosshairs more. Oh, they've already. Uh... They've already been developing him in the audio or in the books. Uh, my daughter's been listening to them via audiobook, and she's absolutely adores Thrawn. She's kind of a dark side kid. It works. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I, I, def- I, I definitely think that the. I mean, I was happy with the series. It wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it was good. I, I understand. I mean, you're right on the filler episode thing, but I think as a summary, um, it's it's definitely worth watching. It held my interest. Not you. I, th- I think uh, I think that I think it was obvious that Dave Filoni is not heavily involved with the Bad Batch, like he was with Rebels and Clone Wars. I think I think he's focusing on all the uh, live action stuff <laughs> now. So. Well, and I think, I think the the thing too, and I had to keep reminding myself of this too. 
Clone Wars Season 7 was an amazing wrap-up to that. Rebels Season 4 was an amazing wrap-up to that. And then we've had an amazing Mandalorian Season 2, you know, like we've we've we get this first season that like first seasons are typically to kick off a story, right? Um, I th- I can only think of very few TV shows that have such a good season one kickoff. Normally, it's just to kind of like set the foundation and give you like, oh, here's kind of where we're gonna go from here. And I feel like the Bad Batch, in its own way, they did that because if they did overboard and like met our expectations, then they wouldn't have a lot of then the following seasons I feel like won't be as good material so I felt like it was kind of like season one like for what I was expecting from the Bad Batch which wasn't a lot like it met my expectations like I still enjoyed it I kind of was anticipating it to be more of a kid style TV show where it is kind of more filler episodes going around and then you get to like the last two episodes kind of get to a meat of a story so I wasn't holding it to the same expectations as like Clone Wars season seven. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good way of looking at it. Why did they send bounty hunters after Omega? So I think they're trying to keep Omega <laughs> a mystery. Like she's an amazing stat, um, um, strategist and can like build people of money in uh. Star Wars version of chess. Why? Why? Well, didn't you catch that? Like, so it was because they want her because she's like an original clone and they don't have no idea where Boba Fett is. Like, he's off running around. They don't know where he is. So Omega's the only one that they're like, hey, we know where she is. And one was trying to obtain her to get that sample of her. And Lama Sue was trying, was doing the opposite, trying to protect her kind of thing because like Ming-Na Wen's character Fennec Shan she was supposed to like pretty much like take Omega and take her somewhere safe because after the showdown between Fennec Shan and Bane like Fennec Shan like Bane you know got defeated and Fennec Shan's like well Omega's with the Bad Batch and clearly they can keep protecting her and so Lama Sue is like, okay, yeah, just make sure nobody gets her. So it's like Fennec Shan is supposed to be like that barrier against bounty hunters. Go on, Brady. Plot twist. Here we go. Plot twist. Book of Boba Fett. When it goes back to live action, Fennec brings a live action Omega into the book of Boba Fett. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, Omega, Omega would be like in Earth. 30s or 40s at that point. So she'd be the, the same, same age as Boba. Boba. Yeah, she would. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so at the end of this, <laughs> yeah, we may get a future shot of Omega in Book of that Boba Fett. Cool. And if yeah. there's any weird like Luke Leia action, I'm out. <laughs> well, we, <laughs> I was actually thinking the same thing. Oh, boy. We, you know, we didn't get Boba Fett in this series, and that was something that a lot of people expected. You know, we had all these other cameos. We had Rex, which was great. We had Bane, which uh, Cad Bane, the first time we've seen him in a while. I love his character. It was great. Oh, and, I love no Cad Boba Bane. Fett. So that was surprising. Yeah. Season two. Yeah, that was very, very cool. They got to save something episode. for season two. Because I was expecting no, like Ahsoka or I some other Jedi again. I don't agree <laughs> with saving story details. Tell us the story. You don't. You don't need filler. If if there's a good story plot point, put it in there and connect the dots. It just it makes you, can, you be more creative for the upcoming save seasons. Save plot points for future seasons. Just don't fill us with filler first. Eh. That's my fault. Oh, well. Anyways, uh, last thoughts on Star Wars The Bad Batch. Anything else we want to talk about we haven't talked about yet? We we covered it. Yeah, I just, I agree with Brady. Like, it's worth watching. I really enjoyed it. I'll I'll say this. Um, I remember when Star Wars The Bad Batch was announced, and I'm thinking to myself, Wait a minute, those were like filler episodes in season seven of the Clone Wars, and I wasn't really even attached to the Bad Batch. But I gotta admit, I actually really like the characters now, even though I was yes. complaining. And, 
and like I was telling you before the show, those all of the clones are voiced by one guy. Yeah, I, uh, okay. I watched him amazing. doing all the voices uh, in an interview. It was, was it, it was really uh, cool. Is it D. Bradley Baker? I think was that I think yeah. something D. like Bradley. that. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I will say yes. He. Uh, I hope he's getting paid for uh, you know like six seven actors. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good stuff. All right, well. Hey, folks, thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Hit that podcast subscribe button at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Podcast, or wherever else you find us. Next week, we're going to be talking... The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf, a Netflix movie. So, if you get a chance to watch it, make sure to leave us a voicemail on your thoughts at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast. You can also email us your thoughts on The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf, to supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, search supernerdpodcast. Give us a like, give us a share. From all of us at Sooner Podcast. Stay dirty, my friends. Have fun. Catch you later. This is. Ah. Uh...